Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of The Publisher Lab. I am Tyler Bishop alongside me today, as you've come to expect, Whitney Wright. Whitney, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, it's been fun being here while Shelby's gone, although I'm sure some of our listeners are missing her. Well, I have a feeling like it's going to be really, it's going to, we're going to have this like showdown whenever Shelby returns where like you guys are going to have to battle it out. We still have yet to figure out like what we, what we're going to do about that. I can't imagine I can kick one of you guys. Maybe we'll kick you out. Maybe. Yeah, (laughs) actually I could sure use the free time these days. Um, If you would like that, please tweet at us at Adizoa because (laughs) if if that would make you happy, nothing would make me happier. Um, So I, I, I do think that um, it's been really interesting having you on here recently because I do think you and Shelby generally bring uh, different ideas and different opinions to some of the stories of the day. But um, in some ways we talk about like these high level more, uh, I guess, zoomed out versions of our space. But today we have, I think we have some of that, but we also have some like stuff that I think is probably a little bit more um, actionable. And we always talk about kind of finding that balance on the podcast, but um, I know we're pulling some of this stuff from from the Five Bullet Friday newsletter this week, right? Yeah, so if you uh, can't get around to reading that or if you want to um, listen to it, um, we're going to be talking about it right here. <laughs> so lucky you. So um, <laughs> what's fun about pulling from the Five Bullet Friday is I usually pick out a lot of those stories. So uh, I have a pretty good idea of, uh, of what many of them include. Um, but what I think is fun about kind of digging into them deeper is, one, if you don't want to read the articles that's great. You get a nice summary and kind of get to know the data. But then if you do, then usually it's enough to let your appetites want to go in and, and read them because most of the time they're they're kind of based around an article or something along those lines. So what do we have up first? Um, so something, and this is kind of new um, to me. I had never heard of it called this, but I, um, I guess I was aware of it. Uh, dark social. Dark social. Um, and that's when people are sharing links through uh, emails, chats, messaging apps, um, and someone clicks on a link and then it goes to the site. And those uh, links from there don't have referral tags, and so it's hard to track the traffic that's going to them. And um, this could be an issue for some publishers. Yeah, I think not only for some pub- I think all websites probably deal with this to a certain extent. And as somebody that's a marketer, this is something that I've talked about a lot. I used to speak. Um, I'd go back to my alma mater, and this was like the subject that I was most passionate about because everybody in the marketing space – and for publishers, I think you can kind of relate to this a little bit as well, um, would always do these presentations at conferences where they'd show this nice buttoned up thing where they'd be like, we spent X amount of dollars on this channel and X amount of dollars on that channel. And then these people did that. And then they did this. And then we know that it cost us $25 to acquire a lead or a customer or something like that. And it used to drive me crazy because um, as somebody that is a publisher, I know our audience will relate to the fact that you, when you browse the internet, that's not how you really browse, right? So like mm. um, I hear about something on a podcast and then I Google it and then I click on it and then I forget about it and then I'm back at home and because I'm using, I'm signed into Google uh, on the same account that maybe I was like, you know, Googling the thing on, now I'm getting like ads on Hulu or whatever mm-hmm. it is about it and I remember it and I go back to my computer and now it's saved in there. It's like a result that I saw and I go back and at the end of the day, it, it might look like uh, because I'm on a, you know, a Wi-Fi connection, different IP address, I might look like I came to that website for the very first time directly and then, you know, bought something or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, like if you trace it all the way back, that podcast is actually where I heard about it. Mm-hmm. But every layer of my behavior probably 
influenced how I behaved. And I think mm-hmm. this is the idea behind dark sh- social is just how much traffic it can you really attribute to social, like whether it's you see something on Instagram or you hear about something and then you Google it. And I think that that's a big opportunity for publishers in terms of content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's, it's you know, you have to make yourself kind of aware of the fact that, you know, social media may be impacting things more than just like those direct clicks, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, especially with something like podcasts, you know, unless you do some sort of survey, um, you know, like how did you hear about us, you're not going to know um, how they came to you, how did they find out about you on the podcast, um, then you have to Google it. You brought up a good point about the survey, though. Like, I, I bought something the other day. I'm trying to think what it was. It was odd. And I just remember thinking, like, this company probably really would appreciate knowing that this is how I heard about them. But because the survey, like, gave me a billion options, I was just trying to finish the checkout thing so I could get my confirmation. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on, like, other. And then it was, like, you know, fill in the box or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just put, like, three periods because it was, like, that was the <laughs> easiest way to get through the menu. Yeah. And so, like, meanwhile, they'll never know, you know, how I heard about them, which I think I Googled something and then saw it on a review site that probably had an affiliate link. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to click it because I knew that they were probably, like, shilling for that product yeah. or whatever. So yeah. then I wanted to independently Google that product. Oh, I know what it was. It was a So Right. Do you guys know what that is? I'm not familiar with that. A So Right is like basically an overpriced piece of rubber that you put on the floor and then you roll around on to make your muscles not so tight. <laughs> is it? It's not a foam roller. No, no, it's different from a foam roller. It's like a it's, foam roller mat. No, nope. <laughs> you have to look it up. It basically looks like two rubber prongs, like that would hold a bicycle tire down. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I, not proud that I bought one. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. I have to look it up. I can't even imagine what that looks like. But but you, I mean, I, I think it speaks to the the general point, which is basically browsing behavior is not, and I think this is something we know, is not as defined as as people think that it is. Um, when especially now in this day and age where we're talking about privacy and cookies and tracking, you know, even your Google Analytics data probably doesn't look the way that. Um, it's probably not 100% accurate as to what your users are actually doing. It's funny. I talked to a, a publisher just today where they were trying to figure out why their traffic declined. They are like, our mm-hmm. organic traffic declined, but our revenue is the same. And I thought, man, that's really weird. Let's take a look. And we're looking at it. And you can see this point in time when their organic traffic drops off. But then you, you look deeper and you go, well, the percentage of overall traffic from organic stayed the same. So we zoomed out and all their traffic declined equally so it's like Mm -hmm. well it's not organic it's everything what Mm -hmm. happened and it's exactly like 50 percent weird so they had two google analytics tracking tags on the page Mm -hmm. and the way we figured that out was we went and looked at their google search console Mm -hmm. and so when you look at the google search console you're seeing google giving you the actual data right this Mm -hmm. is this is the number of times that your results showed in search results and this is the number of impressions and this is the number of clicks. That's mm-hmm. real. Like there's no there's no parsing through that data. It's the real data. But analytics is just recording behavior on a site. And that, mm-hmm. you know, if you have two tags, if, you know, a visitor is blocking or in incognito mode, your data is going to be incomplete. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a hard thing for publishers. And I think kind of embracing this idea of like traffic, some traffic is just going to be dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that ultimately publishers probably appreciate that because it marries this be data-driven, but also get to be creative, which I think generally is where publishers fall. Yeah, and I mean, this is really only a trend that's going to continue. Uh, Messaging apps are rising far above social networks at this point um, with 
things like WhatsApp and people want to feel more secure and they're going to share stuff in messaging apps more likely um, now than ever than like on Facebook or anything like that because it's private and, you know, it's more engaging. Uh, people are actually engaging with the content more within those messaging apps, but p- publishers don't really know, I guess, that it's happening. Yeah. Um, it is kind of this black hole uh, and it does require you. Yeah, you can't rely just on data. Yeah, 100%. Um, so then we also have some, this is more like how to, um, we have this article from Backlinko and it is 17 (laughs) ways to improve your SEO in 2019. And Tyler, you're a bit more educated, um, meaning a lot more educated on SEO than me or Alan here, I'm sure. Um, hi Alan. Alan's my protege. He's going to (laughs) be, he's going to be the SEO guy here soon because he's living in it more than I am these days. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have this list right here, and I just thought it'd be interesting to pick your brain about what you um, picking maybe three of your m- favorite, most interesting. That's never going to work. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean uh, when I shared this in the news, I rarely share like SEO uh, advice articles in uh, in the newsletter unless it's something pretty objective, just because um, I'm I'm very I'm, very picky about that sort of thing but backlinko really to me they're like the gold standard of Mm -hmm. just a lot of different forms of content and so um that article in particular there's the first three things that he gives off i think are the the stuff that's like the real gold in that Mm -hmm. and the first one is like to get more organic traffic with what he calls snippet bait Mm -hmm. so if i if i threw the word snippet bait at you at you what would you expect that to to mean or be i Imagine those like rich snippets that we talk about um, in Google. You know, they pop right up when you Google something and it yeah. gives you all this like information right in the like first thing. It's not even an article necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, like as a publisher, you know, we always talk about that catch 22 of, you know, do you, Google's kind of taking your content, but if they don't take your content, they're going to take somebody. So you might mm-hmm. as well be credited there. And, Generally, I, I or not generally. I think pretty much across the board, you want that that kind of position zero, that mm-hmm. rich snippet. Basically, when somebody you know asks a question like, "Who was Abraham Lincoln?" and it gives you t- tells you you know he was the 14th president of the United States or whatever it is. Like at the very beginning, 16, 16. I mean, 14, 16. Really, I mean, yeah. we just don't have that. Anyway, so. <laughs> but the the idea is that you want to be credited with that and get that link and. Um, Basically, like one of the things that uh, maybe not everyone is aware um, is that you can't really get a rich snippet or you you can't get a rich snippet unless you're already on page one. So Mm -hmm. you're not even in the running. So if you are on page one for something um, and it's a query that has a a snippet or like is eligible for one, meaning it's probably a question where some form of the answer could be given in a snippet form, Mm -hmm. um, you can basically kind of you know, apply, he's got a nice methodology to this. It's something that we've talked about in our writing guide before, mm-hmm. where it's basically like, whatever that question is, you put it as an H2 heading in your yeah. article, you answer it right underneath. If you can put it in a table or a bullet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a couple other really good um, ways to kind of identify those in the article. But I, I generally think that that's like a really good strategy, this idea of snippet bait. Yeah, we have a blog and I believe a video on that. So if there if some if there's someone's interested in trying that there is a little how to um, on our website, but um, also really great links through Backlinko. Yeah, I, I and so you teed that up perfectly in that um, his second tip is to improve dwell time with mm-hmm. one simple step, and it is to add a video to your to your articles, and that's yep. you know that exact thing you just described where 
you know, we created a writing guide basically to tell mm-hmm. people how to create articles that are very snippet, you know, grabby. Mm-hmm. And uh, we basically created the article and the guide out of a video that we shot for yeah. Zoic Explains. And uh, yeah, generally one of the things we've learned is that we can turn those videos that we shoot that are simple how-to videos into articles. And mm-hmm. that way you satisfy two different audiences, one that wants to watch a video, mm-hmm. one that wants to read an article, and then somebody that maybe wants to do a combination or both. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe, you know, like doesn't really care. They're just trying to find an answer to the right. question. You give them both options. Yeah, so we embed the video in the in the blog and then yeah, they can choose what they want. And I think the I think the blogs tend to go a little bit more in depth because um, we're able to kind of expand on details, whereas the videos we try to keep them under like eight minutes or something like that. So um, it is more of like a how to, I guess, in that um, instance. But yeah, um, dwelling time. People will even watch just like a snippet of your video. Then it keeps them on the site longer. Yeah, and I think by giving them those options to of being able to read it, like maybe they mm-hmm. watch the video and they spend even more time going down mm-hmm. because the article can have like links and stuff like yeah. that. that You know, a video doesn't traditionally have in the same way where you can hyperlink mm-hmm. text. And then the la- last thing that he mentions, um, he, he has a strategy for finding low competition keywords with quote unquote ghost posts, mm-hmm. but. Uh, he has kind of a whole strategy outlined on that, but I think the point that I like about it is he, he discusses like if you look at a lot of like keyword tools, they'll tell you like don't even try for that keyword. Like mm-hmm. you know, one that would be really competitive in my estimation would be something like best financial services or mm-hmm. something like that. Because my guess is it's super bid on, it's very competitive, you know. And so you may just say, well, I'm not even going to try. And his point in there was basically that he would kind of create a post with like just kind of light content or Mm -hmm. just something fairly general um, about the the topic but not overly invest in it and then he'd kind of see where it was at in a few weeks Mm -hmm. and he said you know lo and behold you'd find out in a lot of cases you might be ranking for it or at least ranking for a number of long tail variations Mm -hmm. and you'd be surprised and then he would go back and figure out like okay what search queries is this actually getting yeah and then he would you know like then actually put a lot of time and energy into the post and you know we talk a lot about going back and augmenting mm-hmm. your existing content but this is almost like an efficiency optimized way of doing that where it's kind of like i'm gonna i know i'm gonna put a lot of work into this so rather than doing it all at first i'm gonna kind of throw throw it at the wall and you know see what sticks kind of thing um so yeah. I, I liked that idea too yeah i mean too it's see really what, interesting yeah see what people um want from you i guess and then cater to that rather than telling them what they should want and it doesn't ever rank yeah and then or, or going back and being like well i missed the mark here so let me fix it so that i can yeah. rank higher you know um i think sometimes it's probably it's probably not going to work that way you're, yeah you know, you're going to have to just create good content mm-hmm. but um this is you know a way if you're time pressed to maybe kind of hack some of that yeah and those are the three that i thought were really uh really pretty powerful so, Whitney, I think that's all we have today for the podcast. Um, any any parting thoughts or ideas for our audience? Um, I, don't, I don't have anything, really. I guess we, we kind of went in depth on each topic here. Yeah, it's nice. I, I think we, we struck a nice balance today. I think sometimes in the podcast we get kind of zoomed out mm-hmm. and we talk about things in the, the industry, which I, I know you guys like, you guys being our listeners. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you like kind of this more... Uh, granular look at things um, let us know happy to continue to bring more of these things in but I also think you know us trying to find a balance probably works good but I don't know you tell us and if you're like 
hey, it'd be really great if when Shelby comes back, Tyler, like maybe you just took a break. That's great too. <laughs> you can get at us at, at Ezoic. And Alan, anything else for our audience? Yeah, definitely go on Apple Podcasts and give us a, you know, a rating, maybe a review. Uh, and you know, we're, we're scaling right now as an organization, growing um, our marketing efforts, growing this podcast as well. Uh, just, you know, sharing this podcast with one person. You know, if you're a publisher and you think that we make great content, share it with someone. Uh, it helps us out a lot and it helps us grow. So. Don't share it in your messaging apps because we won't know how we it's performing. Know. We won't know. Yeah, how. We can't track it. We won't know <laughs> that you know, like where it came from. So please, like if you could attach some campaign parameters, that would be great. So thank you all for joining us and we'll catch you next time on The Publisher Lab.